take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. Everyone says you need to work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. In this episode, Gene and I will be talking about the topic of divorce. Yeah. And it's not a very fun topic, obviously, but it is a real topic mm-hmm. and it is something that Gene and I encounter with the couple's work that we do on, you know, a pretty fairly frequent basis. Yeah, if you're going to work with couples, you're going to, if 50% of couples are divorcing, or 49? 49%, no. Then, yeah, for sure, for sure we're going to see that. I think that one of the things that we should start this topic off with is, do we believe in divorce? Given that we work with couples and we are helping them improve their relationship and their marriage. You know, I grew up, being taught that a successful relationship means when you die, you're married to the person that you got married to. And I watched my grandparents who weren't very happy in their relationship, but they, when my grandfather died, they were still married. And so they were considered successful. I, I don't think that that definition works anymore. I think that, you know, people get into relationship to learn, to heal and to grow And if your partner is doing things that you're not growing with them, then the relationship can be something that becomes more toxic than healthy. I think that traditional definition is something that society has held on to for a very long time. And there are TV shows in the past that make fun of or, you know, have that comedic uh, presentation of couples who argue they bicker, they but they still stay together. Like Archie Bunker. Like Archie Bunker, like the Honeymooners, right? Even Everyone Loves Raymond. Right. Right? <laughs> Even that one. Right. But I think that if you do look at the statistics, it shows something very different mm-hmm. in what people truly believe about divorce. Right. If 49% of couples in first-year marriages divorce within seven years then we're, we're not only looking at a trend here, we're looking at something that is real and something that is consistent. Right. Because I think there's not a lot of good education about relationships to begin with. And then you have whatever level of health you're at, whatever you've witnessed. And so in choosing a mate, it's really hard to know if someone's in it for the long haul or if they can get through those developmental changes together. You know, so- I have been divorced right Mm -hmm. so you know that to me was a good choice I am not sad at all I did that my son was two when I got divorced and I think his life is better for that Mm -hmm. 
and and that was obviously before you got into the field and mm -hmm. we started doing the work that we're doing and understanding a lot more about relationships. Right. And so many people ask us, what is the role then of couple synergy in divorce? You know, I think that we are always going to attract a partner who has something to teach us, something really big to teach us. And if you've spent all that time forming a bond and going through a marriage and potentially having children together, the ending of it can be quite an opportunity for growth as well. And I think it's, it's a very important time because if you don't learn whatever happened in that relationship and how you mess that up, you are going to recreate it. And so I love working with our couples when they're going through the divorce and really watching them transform. Right? Well, as we say to the couples, you know, you have children together, so mm -hmm. you are bonded together for life. Right. And so even though the structure of your family is changing, you still have to learn how to have a functional and committed relationship with each other. Yeah, because your kids are half and half. Right. So let's talk about the importance of the process of divorce. Because it is a very important process. It's a very significant one. You know, when we consider stress in a person's life, divorce it ranks it pretty high up there. Yeah, what are the top eight? Well, according to the Holmes and, and Rahi scale of most stressful life events, number eight is being dismissed from work. So being it's let like go. Being let go. Right. Mm -hmm. And seven is getting married. Oh, interesting. Which is, it, it's, yeah. a, it's a pretty uh, so it's, it's stressful It's more event. stressful to get married than it is to lose your job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, six is having a personal injury or illness. Mm. Five is the death of a close family member. Four is imprisonment. Wow. Yeah. And three is marital separation. So it is more stressful to be separated than to be in prison. Right. Wow. Two, number two is divorce. And number one is the death of a spouse or child. Right. So it shows that, mm -hmm. you know, people going through a divorce, even if, let's say it's mutual, right? right. Mm -hmm. It is still going to be a stressful event. You know, we, we have, we have helped couples kind of facilitate that transition from marriage to a co-parenting relationship. And even though they are willing to be there fully supportive of their children, it is still a very stressful event for them and the entire family. Right. Absolutely. And, and the whole legal process as well. Right. Right. And the legal process does not help it any. Yeah. We see, mm. we see couples once the legal process has ended, they're actually in a better place because everything's all finalized and then they get along better than they did while going through the divorce. Right. And it's they can scary. settle into, yeah. you know, kind of a routine. We've seen couples, there was a couple married over 25 years. They literally got a yellow legal pad, draw, drew a line down the middle and divvied everything up and were divorced in three weeks. And we've seen other couples that go on like three years yep. and they're just spending enormous amount of money, enormous amounts of money. So, you know, there's a huge gamut in there. And if you are in that place where you're going through a divorce, remember that you are in control and the, the more you want to fight, the more it's going to 
cost you not just financially, but emotionally. The emotional impacts of that type of stress. Uh, it's really hard on a person. It's, it's hard on everyone involved. Yeah. Even extended family. You know, one of the couples we just helped go through that, it, it really came down to like $1,000 here and $1,000 there. Like, are we going to pay our lawyers each $400 an hour to fight about this $2,000 item? Or let's just give in. Right. And they're done. Right. They're, they, they got their doors. They, theirs was pretty quick and probably the most amicable one. Right. That was a tough one, though. We don't, we don't promote whether a couple should be divorced or not. Nope. You know, that is really a decision that is made between the couple. Right. We believe that if they choose this, they're going to learn this. And if they choose that, they're going to learn that. So either path is learning and that's their decision, which one they want to do. But we'll help them either way. Absolutely. You know, there are times that we do take a look at a, a relationship. We're able to identify, you know, yellow flags and blue flags and, and red flags as well, you know, and, and I, I should say that we, we will talk about flags yeah. later on in, yeah. in different podcasts. But, um, you know, when we start seeing a lot of those warning signs, you know, we start paying attention to that because, you know, divorce could be coming up. It could be imminent. So who do you think has a, um, I don't know what the right terminology is, a harder time or uh, grows through the process better, the person who chooses to leave or the person who is being left? So in our experience, we have found that the person who is being left grows more. As so when we're talking about growth, we're talking about emotional growth. Yeah, it's emotional, but it's also kind of spiritual. There's like a waking up process that happens. And a lot of couples, they get into those ruts and they're sort of stuck. And then their whole world gets shaken up. Mm-hmm. And everything that they kind of slid into and got comfortable with is turned upside down. And now they got to take a look at stuff. And they got to take a look at why they participated in it. And the things they maybe didn't say out loud that they should have. Their, their disappointments, their unresolved conflicts. And they have to really look at, like, was that the more courageous thing to do? Or was maybe speaking up better? Including the, avoid, the um, staying together for the kids. Right, right. You know, I think the pivotal factor is choice. And mm-hmm. the fact that a, the person that is being left did not have a choice. And, and the person who's leaving had been contemplating that for a bit. Right. So the person that's getting left is sort of blindsided, really shaken awake, and they're in a lot more pain. Right. E- even even if they knew that it was coming, they still feel blindsided. Yeah. And, and let me clarify this. The person who's being left isn't necessarily the person who asks for the divorce. Because they may ask for the divorce because their partner cheated on them, mm-hmm. or their partner was lying about money, or there's some... There was a breakdown already. So the person that was doing the behaviors is actually the one that left the relationship. Right. And usually when they do that, the reason they don't change that much is because they have this belief that the problem is their partner. And if they just get divorced, then their life will be fine. And they rarely continue to work. And they typically just kind of focus outside of themselves. Right. Right. And they just kind of shift that behavior to something else or someone else. And, and they will recreate it. Right. It takes a couple of years and the person looks different but they'll have the same problems in a few years if they don't work on it where the person that's get, get that gets left. Mm-hmm. They have to, they're in it. They, they have, have to, to figure it out. They mm-hmm. have to figure yep. out all of the turmoil that's going on within yeah. them 
and they have to find a sense of peace, you know, or, or they don't. Right. 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 Some people, they kind of stay in that anger and that resentment and then they don't grow, but they have the most opportunity for growth initially. And another thing, I don't think people are divorced in a courtroom. The legal divorce happens in a courtroom, just like a legal marriage happens in a ceremony, but the bond took place first and there can be couples who have a divorce. They may be divorced 10 years, but they're still investing in that relationship. They're angry. They're still keeping it going and they're not really divorced. Not, not where it really counts. There's other people who can be divorced from their partner and still be legally married to them. Right. So it, it is a process, and we're talking about that emotional process, not not the legal process, although that is a part of it. Mm-hmm. Now, the effects on the children are pretty substantial, mm-hmm. right? And yep. even if, like, we're talking about that one family that is working through it together, mm-hmm. you know, even though everyone is working on the emotional impact, it still has a significant impact on the children emotionally and mentally and spiritually, physically even sometimes. Yeah. I would say, you know, if, if you are contemplating divorce and you have children, there's only a few things your kids really need to know. They need to know that you both love them, mm-hmm. that you are both going to be there for them in part of their lives, right. and that it's not their fault. And then both parents need to do a lot to support the other person as mm-hmm. the co-parent. Yeah. Yeah, once a child becomes empowered above the other parent, then you've just damaged your child. It isn't the divorce that did it. It is the sort of espousing your your child, telling them details, and kind of turning them on the other parent. Mm-hmm. That's where the damage is. It isn't the actual divorce. Right, and, and no matter how smooth a divorce is going, every child in the middle of divorce is going to feel the burden of responsibility, mm-hmm. right? They're going to feel like they are in the middle right. and they're going to feel like they are at fault in some way or another. Right. So that's why telling them it's not their fault is really important, really, really important. And they're also going to be very concerned about the parents' feelings. Like if one of them is very sad, right? they're going to try to, you know, comfort that parent. Right. So they take on that adult role. Right. And, and that's not really appropriate for them because then mm-hmm. they can't, focus on processing their own emotions. They focus on their parents' emotions and they just bury their own. You know, I think the thing that we see the most is teenage children of opposite genders where those lines get too blurry. I think, you know, a a teenager seems like they already are fully developed, but they're really not, not emotionally, not, not in the ways that they can handle this big stuff. Although they have opinions and they can be comforting and soothing, they really can't grasp the full picture. And so be really careful with your teenage kids. Yeah. A lot of them try to be stronger than they really are on the inside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it might seem like that they're doing okay on the outside, but, you know, they are hurting. Right. You know, and what the research has shown is that it's not the divorce that actually causes emotional strife and problems within the children it is actually the remaining and consistent hostility right and negativity that continues between the divorcing couple 
And, you know, kids go through a type of a regression period when their parents are going through a divorce. And so some of the things you should look for are it may be a dip in their grades or changes in their sleep patterns, eating patterns. Isolation. Mm-hmm. Right. Even anger or bitterness. Mm-hmm. Those are signs that your kid probably needs to talk to someone. You know, they don't show they don't show their emotions the same way adults do. They sort of act out a little different. So if you're seeing those things and you feel some concern, you should probably pay attention to that. And what we tell parents is that you should really consider what is in the best interest of your kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that usually gets them to refocus and stop focusing on the hostility between the two of them and really focus on how can we go through this transition with the least amount of damage to our kids. Right. You know, especially for the person who got left, they have a lot of anger and they are processing and feeling a lot of things that over time are going to change and they are probably going to become grateful for the experience. I know that sounds crazy if you're in the middle of something like that, that you'd actually be grateful that your partner left you. But once you start to change and once you see it probably wasn't a good, as good of a fit or as good of a marriage as you thought it was, and then you learn how to have a better life, then you will be sort of grateful that you went through that. But at the same time, your kids only hear the bitterness. And so if you can dial that back, that's a really important thing. Trust us, you will get through this and you will, if you do it well and you work hard at it, your life will be way better for it. Uh, there is no doubt that it is a, an extremely painful process. And that, you know, people go through their emotions in many different ways and they can feel that impact for years to come. Mm -hmm. And, and so this, this is a very important topic for us to cover because we work with couples and, and we help them with their marriage and relationships. You know, we are not blind in the fact that we know that divorce is, you know, very significant part of our society. And that it has an impact not just on the immediate relationship, but on all the relationships that you have in your life. And we want to be able to help couples adjust to that and really evolve beyond just the traditional structure of a relationship. You know, the leading family structure right now in the United States is the blended family. Mm -hmm. And so how does a couple navigate that now that they're not just just focusing on their relationship together, but now they have to focus on their relationship, you know, as a step parent or, you know, as their spouse has uh, children with their ex, mm-hmm. right? And having to navigate those relationships as well, because now it, it is part of your marriage. Right. It's over 60% of kids do not live in the same home with both biological parents. Mm-hmm. It is, it is much more common if you'd like to be normal then i guess it's normal to be in a blended family and so you know what happens after a divorce you know if a person is you know now finding themselves you know starting a new chapter in their life well there's one thing i say to all my clients once they've made that decision or that decision has been made for them is that they are now on the one year plan one year yeah and they look at me like i'm nuts <laughs> one year no dating one year to become the person that you would like to spend the rest of your life with so that you can actually attract someone else who'd like to spend the rest of their life with you as well. 
And it's a really daunting thing that we don't really have in our, in our society or culture. And I really wish we did. I wish there was a period of life where people, you know, my parents, like they graduated high school and got married, right? A lot of people graduate college and get married. Most people don't live on their own. Most people don't really get to know themselves. And the only way to get to know yourself is through a process of trial and error. Go out and try new things, do new things. I, I have a client I've been working with. She, she's actually from another country and she's feeling pretty isolated. And I said, why don't you go take a class? So she decided to go take this class. And about eight weeks into it, she comes in and she says, you know, everyone in class, we exchange phone numbers. We're going to practice this new skill together. And it's really cool. And she's like opening up her world now, where before she was just in her own apartment by herself. And so it's not a one-year plan of loneliness. It's a one-year plan of being an independent individual person in the world and understanding yourself. Well, I, I think daunting is a really good word because most often we want to throw ourselves into activities of distraction, right? right. And mm -hmm. sometimes dating can be a distraction sure. as well, mm -hmm. right? So to tr just try to move from one painful relationship and, you know, go into another one where you can just try to be happy or have this false sense of happiness or move for into multiple relationships right. where you can just focus on that distraction. But having one year to really focus inward, I, I don't think, I don't think people who are happily married would want to do that right. either. Right. Yeah. Just focus for one year on, on yourself on the, on the inside, you know, AA, they have the one year rule as well. Mm hmm. Right. And the rule is that for one year, when you start recovery, that you don't make any major changes in your life. Right. Including dating and or divorcing or divorcing. And, and that's a really important thing for them because their focus is on themselves. Their focus is on strengthening themselves on the inside. You know, I went through that and mine was not a one year. Mine was three. And I remember that point in my life where I knew all the relationships I had been in were toxic and they weren't safe. And I knew I was happier not being in a relationship. And so I kind of just started to focus on myself and uh, I didn't really trust myself to be in relationships, which was probably a really valuable thing for me at that point in my life. And that was pivotal. And, and of course, you know, I, had, <laughs> I always used to say that, you know, I was going to spend the rest of my life alone and my dad, would, he would not like that. And I, so I changed it and I said, well, it would take a hell of a guy to make me change my mind. Who's that guy? Well, there you are. <laughs> and that's when you came into my life after, after I had been practicing that for like three years. And it was really great. I was getting my needs met in lots of different places. Mm -hmm. You know, like I had a cat for affection and I had some beer drinking buddies and I would go talk to my dad and my sister for like those really deep conversations. And I was learning a lot of new things. And I remember I would paint a lot, like the walls. I, I still do. I've been a little better lately, but that's when I, when I'm going through an emotional change, I like to change the color of the walls. We have like five different paint colors on our <laughs> walls right now, layer after layer. And we've only been in this house for nine years. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like every room. Yeah. Well, I, I was going through a, a breakup a relationship, a significant relationship mm -hmm. as well. And so that period of time after that breakup was, was focused on, you know, recharging and reconnecting with who I was and who I wanted to be as well. So we were kind of at the same place, a little yep. bit different, mm -hmm. but same place in, in life as well. And, you know, we find that to be extremely important for people, you know, to reinvent themselves, right? And to really take a look at who you want to be 
because if you don't know who that is and you move into a relationship, it's very easy to be, be swept up. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to just kind of collapse yourself within the relationship and not really know, you know, who you are. And so that, that kind of brings us to the intention of dating after divorce. You know, so if one year you're focusing on yourself, when you start dating, your intention is really different than if you just immersed yourself in dating immediately after a divorce. Right. I, I think people are much more careful about dating after a divorce. They, I think their bullshit detector is working and they're not as tolerant of things if they've done the one-year plan. Right. And so they walk away sooner from things that are maybe not so good. They move slower into something that is good, which creates a better bond. So if your intention is to jump right into another relationship, you know, you you give that off. You know, that signal and Mm -hmm. those subtle messages are given off when you are dating someone and people pick up on that. And so if that's the message that you're sending out. What kind of person do you, f- do you think that you're going to be attracting? One of the things that I do with my clients is I have them make a list of what would be ideal, right? And so now this, this I would have them do whether they're in a relationship or not, especially if they're in a pretty toxic relationship, like our red flag relationships. And then I would have them like make a list of what they would really want in their relationship. And they're really not good at it. You know, like they're like, I don't want someone who cheats on me. Well, do you want somebody that's honest? Do you want somebody with integrity? Do you want somebody you can laugh with? They're just someone focusing who likes to travel? On, on the things they don't want. Right. And so once they, once they make that list, I, I don't think we've learned that we can influence what we attract into our lives. Mm-hmm. And so you don't just have to be like, well, if someone likes me. Like you don't have to be that desperate. Even if it doesn't seem like people are lined up down the street to date you, when you get really clear about what you want, you will get you will be much clearer what you're attracting and if you resonate that then you will attract someone that resonates the same Mm -hmm. and so that's why that one year is very important to understand what you want to resonate with and what message you want to be sending out when you start dating absolutely one thing we know about divorce is that it holds a great potential to shift your life and it holds a great potential to destroy your life. Absolutely. And so the choice is yours. What do you want to focus your energy on? What do you want to invest in? One of my clients, you know, she got to a point that she said, I need to look at this like a job. And that when I clock in and I'm working on divorce stuff, then I'm just only working on divorce stuff. And I need to take my emotions out of it. I need to realize that this is a battle. And she was going through a traditional divorce. Mm -hmm. And the more energy, more emotions that I put into it, you know, the more of a withdrawal it is going to be on my energy. And and finances. And and finances, too. I mean, it goes without saying. It is just going to cost more. Mm -hmm. But after you clock out you don't focus any more energy on it, which means that you live your life, right? Which means you go out and you enjoy the things that are enjoyable for you, right? You spend your time with your kids. You spend time with friends. And if you are talking about your divorce and feeding that negativity after you've clocked out, 
Well, that is what you're going to be growing within yourself. And, and you'll probably lose some friendships as well. Yeah, people don't want to hear about it, it. It's a really hard thing for someone else to listen to. So be careful with that because you'll, you'll erode all your other relationships as well. And, you know, that idea of it's this, op- it's this great opportunity and potential for growth and change or for destruction, that choice is yours. And whether your ex chooses a different one, that's none of your business. But whether you're miserable or whether you choose to grow through it, that, that's your choice. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that the hard part is that we like to avoid pain. And when you're going through a divorce, you need to actually lean into the pain. And you need to stay with it and see it through to the other side, which goes against everything that you know, our body wants to do. But it, it's really worth it. And we've seen people change their lives tremendously. It has been painless, but it's been really awesome. That's just trusting that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that what you're going through is significant for you in your life. Right. We will be talking more about divorce in upcoming podcasts. Um, We do have an interview with a divorce attorney Mm -hmm. um, that is scheduled, as well as a couple that has gone through divorce and have found each other on the other side. Right. We want to thank you for joining us today and for listening to Couples Synergy. We hope that by listening to this episode, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also for your relationship. And for all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couples Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.